Well, all that hot fun in the summertime that Sly and the Family Stone sang about so long ago is coming to an end as the fall is upon us and we're getting back into the swing of things with our youth ministry schedules. The big question we're asking you today is this, what are you doing with parents? We've put together a roundtable of youth workers who talk about the importance of ministry to parents along with a host of parent ministry ideas and strategies on this episode of Youth Culture Matters. From the Center for Parent Youth Understanding, this is Youth Culture Matters. If you're a parent, youth worker, educator, counselor, grandparent, or anyone else who cares about kids, we're glad you've joined us for this practical, informative, and hope-filled podcast. This is a place where together we talk and think Christianly about the rapidly changing world of today's children, teens, and young adults. Well, welcome everybody to another episode of Youth Culture Matters. I'm Walt Mueller here at the Center for Parent Youth Understanding, and summer is rapidly coming to a close. Uh, it seems all the time, and I was talking with the folks that we're going to have on the podcast today about this just before we hit record, that, you know, you hit Memorial Day and you're just going, ah, summer, all right, things change, it's going to, yeah, I'm going to have some time off. And I've got to the point now where I've had enough summers that I, I think the 4th of July is going to come really fast, and then Labor Day is going to come really fast, and then we're going to be back at it. And that's okay, all right? We, we've got the summer, but now's the time to really be thinking about the fall. I know most of you who are listening, if you're in youth ministry, you are planning, or you, if you're not planning, you're lamenting the fact that you haven't started planning yet. And as you think about the fall, one of the things that's really important to us here as you know from our name, Center for Parent Youth Understanding, is ministry to parents. And a big part of our history here at CPYU and why we exist is because of ministry to parents. And so today I brought together some of my friends who are involved in youth ministry and have been involved in youth ministry, all come from different places and uh, different types of churches that are doing different types of ministry to parents. And we're going to have a bit of a roundtable discussion about parent ministry. We'll offer you some directives. We'll share some ideas. And if you stick with us uh, a little later on in the podcast, we're going to talk about how to get your hands on uh, a shot. Do I, am I allowed to say a chance? Do we, do we say that here? A chance at a freebie uh, that we're going to give away. We'll tell you about that a little bit later. A parenting library. We're going to give one of those away. And then also uh, an offer that we have for one of the CPYU resources here, many of which, as you know, uh, are for parents and parent ministry. So uh, let me start by welcoming Kyle Hoffsmith, who I know is familiar to many of you. Kyle is making more and more appearances on uh, Youth Culture Matters as a co-host. He's going to do that today. And Kyle also is at the helm of our The Word in Youth Ministry podcast. And Kyle, I, I, did not ha I have not had a chance to tell you this yet, but the four episodes that you guys did on creation, fall, redemption, restoration, the biblical story, that was fantastic. And that's that's just at the, at, the, at the heart of what we do here at CPYU and what you and Linda and Matt did in your discussion on that. That was great. So, Kyle, thanks for that. And welcome. How are you? Thanks, Walt. Doing well today. Uh, thanks for what you said about that with the Word and Youth Ministry. We're so thankful for Center for Parent Youth Understanding hosting that podcast and uh, excited about this conversation today. And I thought maybe, Walt, a good place for us to start 
would be, as you mentioned, uh, this is CPYU, the Center for Parent Youth Understanding. And so I would just uh, think maybe help our listeners understand how CPYU started and what the goal was at the beginning and how that pertains to this uh, this episode we're recording today. Yeah. So, you know, so I started in youth ministry full time in 1978. We in terms of my ministry to parents, I was fresh out of college, and to be honest, I mean, I was pretty intelligent back then, much smarter than parents, and I knew how to raise children, even though I was not married, nor did I have any children myself. And uh, so my arrogance was, in in some ways, off the charts. As I look back on it, it, it really is embarrassing. Mm-hmm. And and I thought a lot about the fact that, you know, the, the youth ministry is necessary because parents really don't know how to raise their kids. Now, I would, never would have stated that, and philosophically, I did not believe that, nor would I have stated it that way. But functionally, I think that's the way that I was functioning. And to be honest with you, uh, just because of where I was at, just in my own life stage, I think, I was much more comfortable being around students than being around their parents. And uh, there were many times when I had to meet with parents, obviously, and and from time to time, obviously, we let parents know what we were doing in the ministry, but it was not front and center. It was not a priority at all. I got to know parents, and and I, I, you know, parents were supportive. That was great, but none of it was really by design or intentional. So um, after that, I went off to Gordon-Conwell Seminary, which many of you know, you've heard me tell that story before. And so I can still see this encounter um, it was the summer of 1985. I was getting ready to graduate and leave campus, and I was waiting outside in a hallway in a, a, a hall of faculty offices to uh, speak with one of my pro- professors who happened to be a Christian education professor. Uh, his name was Bob Fillinger. And while I was waiting for him to show up, another CE professor, uh, a guy by the name of Dan Jessen, Happened to walk by. Now, Dan, I had never had a class with him. I had never had a conversation with him. I knew who he was. I knew his name. He's an extrovert. He stopped dead in his tracks, and he introduced himself. And I introduced myself, and he said, well, what year is going? I'm getting ready to graduate. Well, what are you going to do? I mean, this is just Dan. This is the way it was. Well, I'm going to be going back into local church youth ministry, heading down to Philadelphia. I couldn't even finish the sentence, and he looks me straight in the eye, and he says this. He goes, what are you going to do with parents? What are you going to do with parents? And I, and I couldn't even answer. I kind of stumbled a little bit. And he said, look, I'm going to tell you right now, you, you need to realize that kids become like their parents. And you better go out of your way to figure out how to minister to parents. And so we had a short conversation, but it extended. And we had many, many phone calls over the course of the next year as he helped me understand uh, what it meant to minister to parents uh, as a young married guy with just a uh, a young child myself, and he helped shape that. And that totally changed the way that we did ministry. I think it t- has totally changed the way that the Lord used our ministry. It was far more effective, and so we went out of our way, far too many ways to mention here, to partner with, to equip, to encourage uh, to walk with parents, understanding that they were the ones primarily called uh, to be responsible for the spiritual nurture of their kids. And that grew into the calling to do what we do now, because one aspect of that was teaching them about culture, because they said, hey, tell us about youth culture. We, we don't understand our kids. We need to do a better job. And they saw themselves as cross-cultural missionaries. 
Long story, I shouldn't say short, I'll say long story longer, that's how we got started here. And I, I, it's, it was uh, 1989, uh, right about this time that our board gathered for the first time uh, to establish this ministry and lay the groundwork for the Center for Parent Youth Understanding. So um, at that conversation, just, you know, you never know who the Lord is going to bring into your life in, uh, you know, like what, like an extrovert, a guy, just he had no reason to talk to me other than it was God ordained. And so I'm so grateful for that. And I do keep up with Dan. Uh, he's retired now. He's living down in the Charlotte area. And uh, Duffy Robinson, I visited with him a couple of years ago and did a lot of listening as he talked and and uh, gave us a lot of wisdom as well. So that's how it started, Kyle. That's, yeah, what, well, that's that, what it was. That's helpful. And I think that sometimes when people hear our name, Center for Parent Youth Understanding, they realize parents are that are important to us or it wouldn't be in our name. And I have one follow-up question for you before we introduce uh, our four friends who are joining us for this conversation is so you said you uh, became a youth pastor in 1978, and then the Center for Parent Youth Understanding started in not 17 uh, 1978, and then the Center for Parent Youth Understanding started in 1989. Yeah, uh, over about 45 years, like why are you still passionate about this today? Like yeah. a lot of time has passed. Why are we having this conversation today as opposed to the many other topics we could be having? Yeah. Well, you know, I think primary to that is that biblically, uh, we, we have to understand that when you look at the scriptures, God has established the family as the basic institution that's the building block of a society. I do believe, without going into it, um, that one of the problems in our North American culture right now, in terms of the just the mayhem that's out there, you know, morally, uh, you know, in terms of civility, the racial, um, you know, battles that are taking place. I mean, so many of the things that we talk about, so much of it goes back to uh, a common thread of the breakdown of the family. And when God's order and design for life is undone, when his shalom, his His intention for his good creation is undone, everything comes undone, right? You pull that thread out and the whole tapestry just starts to fall to the ground thread by thread. And so um, I think that, you know, biblically, it's important um, when you look at Deuteronomy 6, you see that that does not, you know, that parents are the ones who are to talk about these things, you know, when you're standing, sitting, driving, whatever, eating, um, you know, and I paraphrase there. Uh, and, and certainly, you know, along with that, we need, quote unquote, the village to come around us because it's tough. I mean, I know as a dad and now as a grandfather, you know, I just want my kids. I, I had this conversation this week with a couple. I am so grateful for you that you come around when my whole family is here because they get to see uh, an older Christian couple relate and they can pick your brain. So we do need people like us and the people who are joining us here uh, in this conversation because, you know, it, it's we need the support. So I think biblically, um, I think functionally, anecdotally, look, the research, and you know, I was thinking about a couple of things that I've heard, and we'll include links to this. Chris Wagner will include links to these things. I just listened to a First Things podcast. I don't know if you all who are listening are, are familiar with First Things. It's a, a journal that's it's Catholic, it's Orthodox, it's Evangelical. Carl Truman writes for it. And um, they had an interview, uh, in a podcast interview called Faith, Parents, and Children, where they talked with George Barna. And 
my pastor, Chris Walker, who used to be our youth pastor, he sent me a text and said, hey, have you heard this? It looks like it's right up your alley. He really appreciated it. And it's excellent. And I would point people to that, you know, where George Barnett talks about that. And then we had Christian Smith on here several episodes ago to talk about, you know, his new book, Handing Down the Faith, How Parents Pass Their Religion on to the Next Generation. And that book looks at how parents pass their faith on to the children. The good news is, I'm going to read this, Smith says that the good news is that among all possible influences, parents exert far and away the greatest influence on their children's religious outcomes. He says that the empirical evidence is clear in almost every case. No other institution or program comes close to shaping faith as parents do. Not congregations, not youth groups, not the youth pastors who we have on the podcast, uh, not Christian schools, not mission projects, and not Christian camps. All those things are very important, but ultimately it's parents. And parents need guidance and direction. And we can't do it all, obviously, as youth, youth workers, but there are many, many things we can do. Uh, that we haven't done. So I think, uh, you know, the research, theology, uh, biblical truth, anecdotally, we see that this is the way it is. Yeah. So this is why we're having this conversation yeah, yeah. today and why we invited four of our friends. Uh, Walt, I'll quickly uh, have them introduce themselves. And then, Walt, maybe you can prompt uh, a first uh, conversation we can have before we sure. take a break. Uh, so let's start with Jess and we'll go, we'll go West Coast to East Coast. Uh, so we'll do... Jess, and then Kevin, and then Jeff, and then Carrie. Uh, why don't we uh, you introduce yourself and uh, share a little bit about um, what your role is at your church and where your church is at? Yeah, my name is Jess. I live just outside of Vancouver, Canada on the West Coast. Um, and yeah, my role, I work right now with our high school students, so grade 9 to 12 students, um, and just in so, yeah, discipling them and pointing them towards Jesus. So I'm really excited to be here and chatting about this with you all. And I, I want to mention real quick, Kyle, this is where I'll interrupt. Uh, Jess, we actually got to know Jess because she was listening to the Word and Youth Ministry podcast, contacted you. She's been part of our faith and culture cohorts, and uh, we just really appreciate her and her wisdom yes. as a, is a young repeat. youth worker. And is a repeat on Youth Culture yep, Matters. Yep, we've so had Jess her on several good. times, so... Good to have you back. Now we'll go south a little bit. Uh, Kevin, welcome. Hey, guys. Yeah, so my name is Kevin Yee. I'm serving at uh, Church Every Day, a uh, Korean church um, just 20 minutes north of Los Angeles, California. Um, and yeah, I've been the youth pastor at our church for 16 years, and the last two years have uh, moved on to college and young adults. But I do oversee all of our uh, sort of children and family ministries at our church as well. Kevin, thanks for joining us. Uh, I'm excited uh, to hear from you and hear a little bit about the different ministries that you serve as a part of uh, later on. Uh, now to Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Jeff, Lidditz. welcome. Lidditz. You got to say Lidditz, one of the greatest Lidditz, small towns Lidditz. in America. Yes, but it's in cool. Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. Yeah. Yeah. Hi, uh, I'm Jeff. I serve at Lancaster Evangelical Free Church in Lidditz, PA, and I actually serve as the Connections Pastor here. Uh, however, I was in youth ministry for about a decade, nine of those, eight of those years here at LEFC. Uh, so I got to know Walt just being down the road from the CPYU headquarters. Yes. So yeah, while I work in adult ministries now, I still get to serve as part of our family ministry team, which focuses on parents in our church. Yeah. And Jeff, Jeff is, 
is a great pastor, was a great youth pastor. Uh, Jeff, my wife, Jenna, sent me a text message a few minutes ago. I guess it was seven years ago, you and I were serving on a mission trip together in Lebanon City. So that was a fun memory to think and back on. Probably the hardest week of my youth ministry career. Yes, yes. And it was good that you made it another six years after that. Uh, before you transitioned out of uh, out of youth ministry into your current position, so uh, yeah, so thankful to be able to serve. This, with this you. sounds like another podcast. Oh, I yes. want to hear about this trip sometime. So uh, the Lord is kind in sustaining us, right, Jeff? <laughs> it was a disaster. Yeah. That's a nice way uh, of saying it was a disaster, uh, right, Kyle? Yeah, uh, oh, maybe. Yeah. yeah. And then, last but not least, from arguably one of the most historic cities in America, Kerry, would you agree with that statement? I would, yeah. Um, I'm Carrie Trenfio uh, and currently serving at Our Savior Lutheran Church right down the road from um, uh, Gordon Conwell that Walt was talking about earlier. We're in Topsfield, Massachusetts. Um, I've been at um, our church as the director of youth ministry for the last uh, 10 years and as about two weeks ago, um, now also serving as the director of children, youth, and family ministry. Only one more, only one more job to add to that, Carrie, <laughs> senior pastor. That might be, as, yeah, as it grows. And by the way, let me just say something about Carrie. She is uh, a mom of a little one and got another one coming. So this, I know this is a big, big conversation for you. Yeah, absolutely. So, well, why don't you, why don't you, uh, yeah, just let's start out this conversation yeah. and then we'll take a break in a little bit. Well, here, here's, here's what I want to do. This is this good, Kyle. I, we sort of planned this, but we didn't plan this. But I, while I was away on vacation over the last couple of weeks, I was thinking and getting excited about this podcast and started to jot notes, usually in the middle of the night. So I had to translate them, you know, my bad handwriting in the dark in the morning. But I, I thought about like, what? What would I say to a young youth worker who's saying, oh, man, parent ministry, okay, I know I need to do that, but what's really important? And so I jotted these four words down, and I'll throw these out there. Let me, let me go through them, and then I'll ask these guys to, um, you know, maybe respond. Maybe there's one that jumps out at you that you could say, you know what, uh, we did this, and it was really helpful. Here's an idea on that one. Or we didn't do this, and it would have been really helpful if we had, you know, so we may talk about some of our struggles as well. Uh, so, so here they are. So I, I have a cut, four words, all right? And it just so happens that um, three of them, when I came up with them, all started with the letters R-E, which, you know, if you're in ministry, that means if you're going to use a fourth one, you have to find an R-E uh, uh, word. So I came up with this. So the first two are about posture, all right? So what is the posture that we need to have as we approach parents and look at parent ministry? So the first word is respect, and I think that's just honoring them as the ones who are primarily, primarily called uh, to be the ones responsible for the spiritual nurture of their kids. They have authority. And there may be some thoughts some of you have about some of the more difficult conversations you've had with students where you want to be sure that you're communicating things to parents that need to be communicated or encouraging their kids to do that because you don't want to undermine their authority. So that's first one, respect. I think the second one is responsibility. And this is really important for us all because in youth ministry, like we, we like to have fun. Uh, let's just be honest. I mean, I'll speak for myself, all right? Um, it's very easy to move into uh, sort of a juvenile posture, 
you know, as you do youth ministry, and and I want, I, I've realized it's really important for especially younger youth, all youth workers, but younger ones really focus on responsibility, that um, you have a responsibility to parents to care for their kids, right? Um, you, you have a responsibility as well to be growing in the gospel and in your faith, because if you're communicating to kids, I mean, that is the most important thing. Uh, that you're growing. Then the second two, or the third uh, and fourth, are uh, after respect and responsibility. These are more strategy uh, words. The first one is regularity. I want to be meeting, ministering to, working with, getting to know parents with regularity. This isn't just once and done every year. Um, This is a constant, ongoing thing that I want to do. And then lastly, uh, this was the last word. I, reinforcement, and and I would think of this as support. How can I stand behind parents, and even if I'm not a parent myself, and provide them with the things that will help them do their job better? It may not be me telling them how to do their job, but pointing them to resources and helps, um, and giving them opportunities to really, really grow, to reinforce them in their calling as parents. So. I'll just throw that out, and maybe one of those would you it it grabs you. I don't know. Anybody want to respond to that and say, "Oh yeah," or "Hey, here's something I've done to to make that happen," and just go ahead and jump in and speak. I, I think it's only appropriate that we start with Kevin. <laughs> that's funny. Kevin, why do you get picked on constantly? I don't know if that's I mean, picked on. I think that's no, a seat no. of honor. I, yeah, Kyle's saying that he sees me as somebody who's doing all these re words. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> you, which means you I'm could gonna... you could reject. You could reject right now and say <laughs> or I, I can respond. Yeah, you can. Oh, that's respond. good. I like that. Yes. Yeah, good. I'm gonna respond. Good, good. Actually, I I love what you said about responsibility. I think uh, when I was a younger youth youth minister. Um, I absolutely thought that this was something that I was, and I thought that I was incredibly responsible, but um, that, looking back, embarrassingly not true. Um, And I think one of the big things for me when it comes to responsibility is you do have to reach out to parents. I'm trying to stick with the RE theme here. Reach out to parents with communication. I think I was really terrible with communication. Part of it, honestly, not to make excuses for myself, but I was bivocational for the first um, decade of youth ministry. And so a lot of things that we did was more last minute than I wanted it to be. But one of the things we didn't do well was communicate what our schedules were going to be. And it was hard because families need a lot of lead time when families have things like sports going on or vacations in the summer. And uh, the way we do youth ministry, we tend to have a a, a more packed schedule in the summer. And so it's, it's harder for families to um, plan around what's going on at church. uh, If we don't really let them know, uh, what's happening far in advance. And so I would say that's one of the things that I think if you want to be responsible, communicating things in advance as possible is one of the ways that you can really honor parents, honor family schedules, while also allowing them to be a part of uh, youth ministry in the long run. And uh, yeah, I would say that practically speaking, that was one of the things that, I, I mean, to this day, I think it's still uh, something that I have uh, issues with. Um if I'm perfectly honest, because the way my mind works, I'm more of a strategic person. And when I come up with a good idea, I want to implement it as soon as possible. Um, but as I've gotten older, I've learned um, that that lesson in really learning how to reach out to parents, communicate with parents, what's going on with the schedule and why we're doing the things that we're doing as well. 
um, I think communicating what why you're doing what you're doing is key for getting families involved in youth ministry. I, hey, Kevin, I really like that. And I'm just going to throw this in. It's not meant to be funny, but I, I'm just saying that, you know, over the course, Lisa and I just celebrated 40 years of marriage. And I truly believe the longer I'm married, God gives us the spouse we need. And mm. like, so you just talked about something that I, I wouldn't say it was a deficiency, but, but an opportunity to improve. And I'll bet your wife has reminded you of that. I mean, if she's like my, I mean, a good spouse will do that. Is that accurate? Let's give oh, Tracy a shout that out. Oh, yeah. that is 100% accurate. Yeah. Oh, that is, yeah. You, it, you hit the nail on the head. It, for it's sure, almost Walt. like yeah. we marry, we marry like a prophet, you know, like they call <laughs> us out. It's so, it's, it's, uh, man, I hope Lisa's not listening. Okay. Uh, who, who else? What else? That was good, Kevin. I like that. Yeah. Jeff. Uh, yeah, just responding to the regularity one. I I really appreciate that. Uh, but I think early in my time in youth ministry as a young guy, right out of school, not married yet, didn't have kids at that point. Uh, and I know we might get into some of that later. Uh, but I fell into this trap of the regularity, um, knowing that I needed to do that, but allowing it to just be informational. And I think that's very easy to just send your weekly email. Hey, this is happening. Um and that's probably poor communication back to Kevin's point and only being that, but realizing there has to be so much more than just information coming from the youth pastor to the parents. So it has to be regular, uh, but there needs to be heart and vision um, and appreciation, I think, behind that regularity. Yeah. Jeff, hey, Jeff how long? Oh, go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead, Kyle. Jeff, how long? Uh, so as you started and you you realized that there had to be more than that, like how long did that take for you to, like for anyone listening here who might you know, I like how you said that because so often in the youth ministry world, especially, uh, well, I, I appreciate what you said earlier, just of, you know, some might say it's overconfidence. Some might say it's pride when we enter into youth ministry, but it's like, we have to do something with parents. So let's give them information. Like you said, Jeff, but for someone who might be listening, who's a youth worker, whether paid or volunteer, who's like, wait, that's all I've been doing. I've all I've been doing is sending a parent email or all I've been doing is, you know, uh, doing announcements in front of the church and saying, this is what's coming. Like how long did that take? And how did you realize you had to transition to something more? It was embarrassingly long. Um, and I think it, it took our staff team kind of coming together to recognize, okay, wait, in youth ministry, we really only have six or seven years of this time. And the parents are parenting for way longer than six or seven years. So we need to bring in the children's ministry department into this. Oh, but wait, these parents are the adults of the church. We need to bring into the adult ministry team into this. And it was, I think it took us a while to, for each of those different departments, if you call them that, yeah. to kind of band together and recognize we're going to do this together to do this well. Um, so it was bringing in more voices. So it wasn't just me on my own. Um, and I still at that point was not a parent. So bringing people from our staff team who were parents into that conversation so they could speak into, hey, this would be so helpful if you were doing this with our children, with us. Hey, Jeff, let me follow up. I, If you could have a do-over, right? Because you, you said, you know, when you look back, it's embarrassing. And I think we can all, you know, raise our hands and say, yeah, we've been there with that. If you could have a do-over beyond just the, you know, communication, which you mentioned, what are one or two things that if you had a do-over, you would be adding to that? I think as, in, as a young youth pastor, it was easy to jump in and start building relationships with students. And then it took 
over time realizing, okay, I need relationships with my leaders too, because I can't disciple all these kids on my own. I need help with doing that. But then even seeing the limitation on those, that team of leaders wasn't broad enough. Uh, so I, I wish I would have started investing into parents rather than just investing into students and parent their students and leaders earlier on. Um, so that would be definitely be a do-over is just even relationship building with parents rather than just introducing myself. This is who I am. This is what we do. Yeah. Uh, that would probably be the big one. Good. Yeah. We may talk about some ways to do that uh, a little bit later. Anybody else before we take a break? I think Carrie, did you have something you wanted to say? Sure. Um, yeah. I just really appreciate that first point you made, Walt, about respect um, and to understand and view parents as that primary source for, you know, authority and um, uh, nurturers in the kid's life. And um, think about when I started in youth ministry, I came out of college with like, a lot of excitement and things that I wanted to do um, and programs that I wanted to run. <laughs> and um, one of the first meetings we've had, we had here and then that we've had every so often um, is like, there's no agenda. It's, can you tell me how, you know, our church and our youth ministry team can support you as parents? And um, I was just really grateful for that. Um, I think back even to that very first meeting where in my head, we would have a midweek program every week, you know, Wednesday night, typical youth group. And when I brought that up, um, almost every parent here, we're a really regional church. So we have people coming from anywhere from, you know, down the road, but also from 45 minutes away. And they said, you know, that has been tried and that's just not a, the culture or commitment that we're able to have right now. And so giving parents that opportunity to voice um, their thoughts or their preferences instead of coming in and saying this is what we're doing and you need to <laughs> fit you know this into your schedule i think it gave parents that opportunity to feel um heard and seen as a part of the program mm. i like that and and i think one of the great things that people should embrace from what you just said carrie is that question to ask parents and i think we need to do it um you know, like you could do this online through a survey. You can do it in your one-to-one -one conversations. You can do it in a parent meeting. How can we support you? And and here and and I'm telling you, when you open those lines of communication, to go back to what I said earlier, that's what I mean. That's what led to what we're doing here at CPYU now, because they felt like they could come and ask and say, "Hey, we've got an issue. We've got a problem. We have a need. We need your support in this." And that's a great. That's great. Jess, was there anything you wanted to add before we take a break? Yeah, even to piggyback what Carrie was saying, of it's so easy, especially for me, I've only been in ministry for about two and a half years now. Um, it's so easy when you're starting off to be so excited with the programs and all the things that we can do with the students, um, but forget about what you were saying in the responsibility portion of the, our responsibility to be growing in our faith and maturity and knowledge of scripture also to before we're speaking and teaching for the talks to actually impact us and have our hearts molded and shaped and transformed, not just the to-do list or the tasks yeah. um, ahead of us. And I think this has really stood out to me of um, noticing how seriously students take advice. And I think that has been a humbling thing for me of learning what does it look like to speak slowly, seeking the Lord for wisdom um, in all ways, and just to be growing in trust for him and the fact that, yeah, we need to be growing and responsible with what we're saying also. Mm. 
I have this uh, book, Jess, that you're probably not familiar with. I don't know if anybody on this podcast is familiar with it. Chris has seen it. Uh, it was the first youth ministry text I ever saw, and it might have been the first youth ministry text ever made. This bright blue cover, and it it's it's just guess what the title is? It's youth ministry, and it's by this guy named Larry Richards. Who older listeners will remember? Larry Richards wrote books on Bible study and Christian ed and this, that, and the other thing. And what I remember, I mean, the book is thick. If you have a chance to find it, and I I pulled it off the shelf a couple of years ago and started to read through it, looked at my underlines. It was actually for a youth ministry class I took in college. There was such a thing back then, and not college, but youth youth ministry and a youth ministry class. And so I, I, I looked at it, and the thing that this guy just beat into us over and over and over again in that book was this, people, not programs. People, not programs. And that's just not kids. I mean, I was glad you mentioned that, Jess. It's parents as well. So this is so good. All right. We're going to get really practical here after the break. Stick with us. Great conversation with Kyle, Jeff, Carrie, Jess, and Kevin about parent ministry. We'll be right back. If you enjoy listening to Youth Culture Matters and would like to support the ongoing efforts of this ministry, you can do so by visiting cpyu.org giving to make a donation. Your prayers and financial support make this podcast possible. And we're back here on Youth Culture Matters talking about parent ministry today. And Walt, at the beginning of this show, you talked about a possible freebie that our listeners could get um, about this important topic. When we think of youth ministry and uh, as you mentioned at the beginning here, even just considering uh, youth ministry being in a bigger category of family minister, family ministry, ministering to both kids and their parents, uh, what is this freebie and how can our listeners get it? Yeah, so we have basically gone through, I mean, I have personally dozens and dozens over the years of Christian parenting books and have settled on some of my favorites, some that are, you know, faithful to the scriptures, gospel-centered very practical. I don't want to throw books out there that are written by people who have never had kids or been around kids. They're actually parenting books like that, which if you can believe that, I mean, it's just crazy when you think about it. But some of the most helpful things, and one of the one of the best things I think youth workers can do is develop a library, uh, like a lending library, a giving library, even a place like a little store where you sell some of these things, uh, uh, books that are really helpful to parents. And you will have, as you build relationships with parents, conversations where they come to you and they say, hey, I've got this going or I've got that going. Because of what we do here, I mean, I get emails and texts three or four times a day of people asking for resources like this. So what we've done is we've put together in our little CPYU Resource Center some of the best parenting books that we've found. And we may come back and mention those. We will mention those a little bit later. Uh, what some of those are and what some of our folks here have. But we have a parenting library we want to give away. And uh, all you have to do is go to cpyu.org, find the page for this particular episode of Youth Culture Matters. You'll find it. It'll be posted there. And just scroll down in the show notes. And Chris Wagner will put a link in there where you can click on that and drop your name in there. And we will have a drawing in a few weeks. So try to do that rather soon, and somebody will get a nice little parenting library uh, with some good, good books that I would say even to youth workers, even if you're not a parent, 
read these books because it'll help you gain some perspective. Is there anything we want to add to that, Chris? Did I explain that well enough about where everything's going to be and how they can find it? Yep, and just for reference, this is episode 156, Ministry to Parents, so look for episode 156, Ministry to Parents, and go to the show notes like Walt said. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. All right, so, yes, go ahead, Kyle. Yeah, well, that that would be, uh, as we transition to talk about strategies here a little bit and strategies in ministering to parents, I think even just let's not uh, let's not uh, overlook the obvious, which was just said that uh, having a a small library or library might be a scary word, a small section of books that you can lend to parents. That's one strategy rather than just sending links for them to buy them on their own or directing them somewhere else uh, would just be to have resources available for parents to take. But we know that there are way more strategies on how to minister to parents. So let's uh, let's transition our conversation to talk about that. Uh, Walt, is there anything you want to add before we we jump in here? No, no. I think this is great. I'm excited to hear what uh, some of what these folks are are doing, what they're doing in terms of strategies. Yeah. So let's start now with Jeff. Uh, Jeff, you mentioned how you were a youth pastor for about a decade. Now you have a different pastoral role, but you still serve on a family ministry team. Uh, there. What strategies have you found helpful in ministering to parents? Yeah, so in a larger church context, um, we're trying to be really careful not to be events-driven when it comes to like family discipleship, and that's difficult with the number of families that we have, uh, and I know, Walt, you said earlier in reference to that book, program or People Over Programs, and that's that resonates absolutely. So um, as family ministry, this team has is a little bit newer at our church. Um, We did start with some events, but our events have had the purpose of trying to help like-minded parents find each other. So, hey, whoa, we go to the same church. We're going to rub shoulders every single week. I didn't realize that these, you were thinking the same way that I was. So kind of a networking thing, but also with spurring them to further conversations. So we have breakout equipping conversations that these like-minded parents can come together, start the conversation, but then we're trying to push them out from there. Go take this conversation further outside the walls of our church, have the conversation with your kids present, whatever it is. So we hold fairly regular family discipleship summits, but they're very not stage focused. They're much more small group focused with specific conversations to try to equip our parents to continue conversations beyond that. And we found that really helpful. The parents want to be there. They want to hear from anybody that we're setting up into the leadership of some of these smaller conversations. Uh, And then they are taking the conversation further. So it's been really encouraging to see that happening. Hey, Jeff, as one example of that, I mean, what comes to mind is I sit here looking at you and I listen to you because you're close by. I was just at your church. When was that? Back in the spring? We were, yeah, yeah, we March were there, or April. yeah, yeah, March or April, and you folks invited me in up there to the Evangelical Free Church in Lidditz, and we had a, can you talk about that event? Because I thought what you did with that was great, and I think that that probably sparked a lot, I hope it sparked a lot of conversations like you're talking about uh, after that night um, with what we did. So, I mean, and this is part of how people can use us here at CPYU when we come in and do seminars and things. But I thought that night you put together was great. Do you want to talk about that, the topic? And Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so we uh, we called that a parents' night out and just trying to give parents an opportunity to find some child care and get out together. And 
Um, this is, we've done them kind of across some different themes um, and just decided to bring Walt in for this one. And uh, as I've gotten to hear him speak on a number of these different topics, just found like it would be just talking about culture and as parents, why it's important to stay up to date, even though you, it's easy to feel like you're underwater quickly. So uh, in addition to these family ministries or discipleship summits, we have these more topically focused kind of seminars um, just again, to get conversations going for parents so that they can identify issues that other parents want to talk about and then go take these conversations further. And I want to add to that, that, that two because I get to do dozens of these every year, right, traveling around. And uh, when someone does it well, uh, a couple of things you did really well there. Uh, one was you had parents seated at, the, for the most part, at tables. Uh, at round tables, and there was some social time, so they were able to to interact with each other. Uh, but they were also able, you know, to take notes rather than just sitting there and and you know facing forward and listening to someone. And so there was some interactive time there as well, which was really really good. And then, uh, well, secondly, you had a lot of food, so you know we know that that always helps. But uh, somebody from our church owns a bakery, so it helps. <laughs> yes, and that's probably why we're going to switch churches here soon to get to your church. <laughs> Uh, but then, the, you know, the other the other thing I would say that you did well there is you had a lot of resources available. I mean, you talked about different things. We put a resource table out there. A lot of handouts, uh, free handouts, were made available to people. So, um, and good and good a good opportunity for community outreach because I think as you said, when parents come together and they begin to see if we can provide an up op- because most parents think I'm the only one who's dealing with this, right? Every, especially in our social media saturated world, everyone else's family is perfect because they look perfect because they've been curated to look perfect, you know, on those little screens. But when we get together, we say, "Oh yeah, I'm dealing with that," or "We we experienced that in our home," or "Our kid has said that to us." You know, th- that just breaks down walls and starts to build community that I think can be very redemptive as parents yeah, work together. About, only about sixty percent of the people that were there that night, Walt are from our church. The other 40% were people that our people invited to come with them because they valued that conversation together. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah, that's good. Gary, what have you found as a strategy that you've used? Uh, And can you remind us, you said what your title is now, you you serve with children, youth, and families as a whole. So can you just help our listeners know a little bit about what that role looks like and then what strategies you found helpful? Sure. I'll let you know once, you know, I'm only about two weeks into that role, so <laughs> not a lot of experience yet, but um, our one of our kind of um, goals as we move into this new um, role and having a more comprehensive title is um, really involving um, parents and families and parents of um, kids that are a little bit older too, um, that have some wisdom from what they've walked through with their own kids. Um, for, you know, a parent committee and what does it look like? How can we best serve um, your family, especially post-COVID, like things that um, were always a given at a church, like nursery, um, we're struggling to start that up again. So what does that look like? Um, And I would say um, as far as our strategies that are used here. Um, I think often of the illustration from um, Sticky Faith about dry cleaning, um, parenting, where like you drop your kid off on Sunday, they get all like clean and shiny for the week and then you'll come and pick them up and then you can 
and you know drop them off again next Sunday. Um, and so, how do we kind of prevent parents from just having that mentality of um, like this will be the church's responsibility, and we'll just bring you each week, and you can hear um, kind of what's going on and what's important. So um, we try to catch parents when they're already here too. Um, so as our confirmation classes have met before um, on like a Tuesday evening, we try to catch parents for um, a class, you know, sometimes using the CPYU um, materials or like I've had one where I've just hooked my phone up and we've gone through like how to use Instagram <laughs> um, or Facebook or, you know, just practical things for parents to, to stay connected to some of that, but also more serious topics of like, what does it look like for, um, you know, scripture or Bible study to be a part of your, your regular family routine. Um, I think often to, uh, which I probably said this on here at some point, um, just the importance of the first time catching parents to not be when their kid is entering sixth or seventh grade and they're going into youth group. I always want to involve those parents, um, of those younger kids, like second, third grade, they're being exposed to so much more. So how do we equip them so that they don't feel like by the time their kid is in middle school, they they have to play so much catch up that they um, you know, can't really engage with where their kid is at. Hey, Kyle, what I really liked about what Carrie said there, everything, obviously, but one thing that jumped out at me was as she's talking, some of these things are so basic that we assume that parents know how to do these things, you know. So, uh, I, 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 you know, maybe we don't assume that they know how to do Instagram or Snapchat or you know TikTok or any of those things. But we sometimes assume they know how to have family devotions or, you know, have a conversation about spiritual things. And the the issue is, you know, like if we if we didn't experience those things ourselves when we were kids, if we didn't have someone show us how to do that, we didn't grow up in that. Chances are, we're going to be at a loss. And I think don't listen to what Carrie said there. Don't take for granted. There are there are people who just don't know. And, uh, you know, a good metaphor for this was is that I showed up uh, for I don't know that even a lot of you do this anymore, but I showed up a couple weeks late uh, my sophomore year of high school for, uh, you know, jumping onto the football team. And I still remember getting out there on the field after these guys have had years together and just the opening calisthenics and stretching was, I had no clue what was going on. And I just had to like, I mean, I was like a deer in headlights trying to figure this out. And parents are like that, you know, they just don't know if they, if they don't know, you don't know what you don't know. So that was good. Yeah. Well, and one thing we found here, we started doing something called family discipleship night uh, last year and we were trying to put a panel of uh, parents together of coming from different generations. So parents who maybe are in their 20s or 30s, and then parents uh, um, of those people, so different generations. And I think what you're saying is helpful. And um, I think just a good reminder for our listeners that we can't expect parents to, to do something that they don't know how to do. And again, that just seems so obvious. But if, if parents were raised um, in a family that didn't do family devotions at home or didn't open God's word um, other than Sunday morning in a church building and Wednesday night in a church um, building, they're probably not going to intuitively know how to do it now. And what I like to just suggest uh, parents to do is not try to hit a home run off the first pitch that came. 
like just to help parents realize it might be a win just to open the Bible one time with your kids this week. And that might only last five minutes or, you know, like pick a book of the Bible. I, I like to suggest the gospel of Matthew because uh, it's only 16 or uh, the gospel of Mark because it's only 16 chapters and you can get through it quicker than some other books in the Bible and work through it with your kids so that you can accomplish getting through one of the gospels together. And you might not have done this as a kid with your parents, but you can do it with your children. And I think sometimes we like to both as youth workers and as parents um, make things seem so dramatic or make things seem so flashy, but sometimes it's the ordinary things that God gave us and that God gives us as parents that we need to pass on uh, to the people who we're called to shepherd. And I just had a, a parent in the church, he's in his 30s, come up to me. Uh, they have four or five kids. And he told me in a sermon I preached uh, several months ago, I talked about doing family devotions at home. And he said, he told me that now um, about a year later, he's like, every Sunday night, he's like, it's only one night. He was a little ashamed. He's like, it's only one night. Um, but now my kids look forward to it when we do family devotions together. And I just think about um, just, you know, one degree more, two degrees more, how that could change the trajectory for a family um, and for what that looks like. Hey, hey, Kyle, I, I want to like just pause here a minute and and just settle on this. All right. So family devotions, because that's huge. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, so uh, and I'm going to I'm going to ask these folks in a minute, you know, what ideas or resources they can suggest. But this is what happened for us here at CPYU when COVID came, you know, all our travel stopped. And I remember it was like standing here, you know, kind of looking, circling around, just spinning around going, okay, what do we do now? What do we do now? Well, very quickly we realized, you know, families are home, they're cloistered, you know, they're quarantined, they're together. And we had parents say to us, you know, okay, now my kids are not being nurtured anymore uh, like they were by the youth group and by the church. They're here and we feel like we have to do something. Or there were youth workers saying, okay, use this time for family devotions, and families were saying, well, what do we do? We've never done that. So one of the little things that we did, and there's over 100 of them now that are free that you can download, and many of the people on this podcast have written some of these uh, for us. They're very, very good. Uh, we de developed this whole series of family table talk. Uh, family devotions takes 15 minutes, 10 minutes, anyway, we great questions for discussion, a little passage to read, a prayer, a little bit of commentary, two, three short paragraphs. The questions are excellent. Just a spark, it sparks conversation about things that matter and thoughts about things that matter. And the Holy Spirit really uses that when we get into the scriptures. So I'm just curious if I can have this aside here right now, if there are any other resources you folks have heard of or used that would be helpful that a youth worker, again, this is just, you're just this is where a youth worker is connecting the dots, right? Between a resource that's very helpful and families, parents who need and can use the resource, and it can be as easy as sending an email with this, or you know, a text link or whatever. So, what have you guys found that's been helpful? Anybody? Yes. Um, earlier this winter, I connected with Kyle, as you mentioned earlier, and he recommended reading the one-to-one -one Bible reading by David Helm. And what I really appreciate about that book is that it's so, David Helm speaks so clearly of different questions to read the Bible alongside someone. And the questions are quite basic and anyone with any like biblical literacy can do. And so students who are ninth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade, they can um, understand and you can just walk through the gospel of Mark. It was the one example that 
he gave, but also gave a lot of really good practical questions just to read scripture along um, side people. And it's, yeah, it's already there for you. you. Don't have to come up with any of the questions. And so I thought that was a really great resource that I've been using already at, in our church. Kevin, Anybody have else? you found anything, Kevin, have you found anything helpful um, in your current context and maybe explain for us a little bit being a Korean American church, um, just any uh, specific uh, products that you have found helpful there? Yeah. So um, because of the language barrier, um, anything that we do, we have to have Korean translation for it. And so Paul Tripp's parenting books actually, uh, for the most part, have all been translated into Korean. And so we've been having parenting book studies uh, being led by um, a few different people at our church that we've intentionally chosen uh, to have these parenting book studies be um, ones that we could read in both English and Korean. And so we've used um, Age of Opportunity, uh, and there's a new version of that that's just been released in English. Um, and then we've also used the um, uh, 14 Gospel Principles for Parenting. I think that's what it's called. Oh, it's called Parenting. Um, just called yeah, Parenting. Just... But that you got the I, subtitle. I think that's a subtitle. Yes, yeah, subtitle. Is, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Um, and we've used both of those. And that, that's that been a game changer for us. Um, we don't have as many parents as we'd like in each of those studies. But the parents that have been in those studies have just been megaphones for the content that's been in those books. Oh, that's great. And because, because um, Paul Tripp's uh, sort of the way that he um, focuses on this, on our need for Jesus in parenting, that really what parenting is, it's it's our sanctification. Um, that's just been so helpful in opening up conversations because, you know, again, in our context, in an honor-shame culture context, failure is just something you don't talk about. So when things are going really well, you know, you talk about, Oh, my kid's going to this program and is going to be going to this school. But when things aren't working out, you just you don't talk to people about it. And so um, that that pointing towards our need for Jesus as the sort of primary thing that we really need to be talking about in parenting has been really helpful for us in terms of changing the culture around that um, and really making our conversations around parenting more about our collective need for Jesus. Um, that's been really, really helpful for us. Couple of Kevin, things. I oh, go ahead, Kyle. Kevin, I'm glad you mentioned that Paul Tripp book and that, Jess, you mentioned the David Helm book. Some books that we found helpful here, um, a mutual friend of Walt and, my, and myself, John Parrott, he, uh, he's with Reformed Youth Ministry, RYM, and he edits a series of books uh, called the Track Series. And so each of these books, uh, the title is A Student's Guide to, and then there's one on anxiety, there's one, uh, Walt wrote one on culture, there's a new one that just came out on Worldview, there's a whole bunch of different ones. Uh, but one thing we've been trying to do is grow a culture of reading among our students. And so we just hosted something. This was our second year called uh, the Summer Reading Program, and where we had parents and students read these books. And I think it might be more appropriate to call them booklets. They're only about 70 or 80 pages. And uh, it's just phenomenal because, um, and Walt can speak more into this in a moment because he wrote one of them. But at the end of each chapter, there are discussion questions. And what we saw happen is um, we hosted a one night event here. Uh, we had seven families come, parents and students, and uh, we discussed the book together and around Chick-fil-A, which makes any youth event even better. And and good for a uh, little uh, pro tip for any youth workers out there, just get the Chick-fil-A app because you can get the points and then it's just like a win, win, win all around. Uh, but that's a conversation for another time. But we had this uh, we had this family book discussion around uh, a book that John actually wrote. John Parrott wrote a student's guide to technology. 
And it was so fun to hear the students share what they were learning and the parents share what they were learning. And together we were having this conversation. And I just think when you just mentioned that, um, obviously the Paul Tripp books um, are the ones you mentioned were mainly written towards parents. Um, but I do think that uh, our people in our churches are hungry and thirsty for these uh, deeper discussions around these topics. And we just need to have resources to put in their hands. Hey, so Walt, I know you could speak a lot into yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And I wanted to say uh, the, the books that uh, Kevin mentioned by Paul Tripp and even one by Ted Tripp and some others, they're actually in that that little library we're uh, working to give away here that people can register for because I love those books. And, um, you know, I, let me say this, right? Um, I think that, you know, I hear this from youth workers all the time. Well, I, I know I minister to parents, but I'm, I don't have kids of my own. I'm young. I don't have kids of my own. Can I do, can I do anything? Uh, and yes, those book studies, like Kevin just mentioned, he does not have to lead those. If you find someone who's a parent who is interested in learning more and can just lead a discussion, right? I mean, just say, let's ask some good questions. The rest will take care of itself. And this is where, as a youth worker, you don't, you know, throw up your hands and say, well, I can't do this because I'm not a parent. No, you can connect the dots, right? So get the resources in the hands of parents. Start a, you know, a, a small group. The small group can meet while your youth group meets. Um, a small group can meet by Zoom. Uh, you know, we've got that now. And so there's all sorts of and, – and it will take off. Like Kevin said, they become – the you know, the, the buy-in's not been super huge, but the people who have bought in, they're becoming ambassadors for it. <clears throat> Excuse me. And it will spread. It, it's It'll – spread. I mean, uh, you know, it becomes viral in so many ways. So that is good. Any other, just, uh, I'm curious, any other books that you all might mention? I'll throw in the Jesus Storybook Bible, written for children. Great way to get started, but I know uh, I had heard this at the Coalition for Christian Outreach, which ministers to uh, college students in, in Western PA. I heard this a few years ago when that book came out, that a lot of new Christians, they were handing that to the new Christians, I read it. I think it's great, you know, uh, just what Sally Lloyd-Jones has done with that. But that's a great thing. I do that with my grandkids. Any, anybody else, any other books or resources? I'm going to um, have to Chris, throw out. Oh, sorry, go ahead, Carrie. Um, we may be saying the same thing. Um, Kristen Hatton has a couple books, and I had um, during COVID um, a mother-daughter, a couple sets of them, do her um, Get Your Story Straight. And I think it's 52 um, weeks. So, I mean, they did a handful of them, but that was um, uh, very kind of user-friendly for parents and kids to do together. You mentioned Kristen. I'll just throw this out, and I don't have this in the stack that we're going to give away, but I'm going to add it now. Uh, but one of my favorite books is her book, was it FaceTime, about your identity in a selfie world? Uh, you know, Identity is one of the biggest issues kids are dealing with in today's culture. It's front and center. It's always been an issue, but it's really big because the culture is trying to define identity or misdefine identity right now. And I say this when I speak to parents consistently. We put it on the book table. It's written for girls, and it's great for girls. But even if you're raising boys, the theology of identity that she has in there is, is a good one. And it is great for you to make yourself aware of and to actually have conversations with your kids about that. So there's another parenting book. We'll throw that in. Thanks for mentioning that, Carrie. I love that CPYU podcasts always turn into, there's always an entire section on books. It's great. 
Um, but I, I, I'd love to recommend a couple more. So Rooted uh, Ministry uh, edited an anthology collection of stories of uh, youth workers and parents and even grandparents um, talking about what it was like for their experiences when they were in high school. So it's called The Jesus I Wish I Knew in High School. And um, we're actually similar to Kyle. We have a summer um, study group that we do together with our with our students, and we're reading that. It's uh, 30 stories. Um, they're really meant to be read as devotionals. Uh, but one of the consistent feedback we kept getting is keep getting over and over and over again is from the high school students is I feel seen, right? Mm. I feel like these these stories really reflect my experiences right now. Uh, and I think it serves as such a great bridge for parents as well. And so we have a couple of our English speaking parents who are actually reading those stories and it's reminding them of, you know, what it was like when they were in high school. And so there's just been this uh, really grace-filled empathy, I think, that's been created in doing these stories together and reading these sort of stories together. So that's definitely one uh, that I would recommend. Um, and then uh, the author, David Thomas, he's a counselor. Um, he actually hosted uh, Rooted's All About Boys podcast, and he's got some incredible books on what it looks like to raise um, boys specifically. Um, and I think those books are really, really incredible resources. Well, I'm raising two boys, and so they've been incredibly helpful for me and my wife. Mm. Kevin, I'm just going to throw this in, you know, like, I'm not sure I want to be reminded what it was like for me to be in high school, which is an indication that I need to so that I can, you know, hear kids, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, maybe we'll post my graduation picture just to prove my point as Exhibit A. Yeah. Hey, this is really good. We need to take another break. When we come back, here's what I want to do. And and we're, by the way, we're listing all of these resources. Chris has been scribbling frantically over there trying to get them all down because if you go to the player page, the page for this particular episode, the, in the show notes, you'll find links to everything that we mention here. We're working to make it easy for you. So cpyu.org, if you're listening elsewhere to the podcast or you subscribe elsewhere, just go back to cpyu.org. What would you say, Chris? Episode 156, right? 156. And uh, you'll find that. So, And we'll add more. You know, when we're done with the podcast here, I'm going to ask these folks to fire off some things that might be helpful as well. Okay, so when we come back from the break, uh, I'll prep you here, folks. Uh, I want to talk about some of the, some of the most important things. Well, let's talk about a parent meeting because there are many people who have never done a parent meeting. So what would you do in a parent meeting? We've hit some of these things already, but the fall is starting. It's always good to have a parent meeting. So what would you include? What kind of frequency would you have? Um, yeah, and then we're going to just rapid fire to finish up on a whole bunch of different resources and ideas. So we'll have that potpourri just falling on us here. So some great wisdom. Thank you. All right. Stick with us. We will be right back. When we come back from the break, we're going to tell you about another uh, offer we have here at CPYU for Parent Ministry. Hey there, Youth Culture Matters listeners. We've been told that one of our best-kept secrets here at CPYU is our one-minute daily podcast, Youth Culture Today. Each and every weekday, we release a new episode that's timely, practical, and hope-filled all for an audience of parents, youth workers, and anyone else who cares about kids. Here's a sample from one of our recent Youth Culture Today episodes. 
Youth Culture Today with Walt Mueller of the Center for Parent Youth Understanding. How many Americans say they believe in God? The Gallup organization recently released the results of their Values and Beliefs poll and found that the vast majority of adults in the U.S. believe in God. Currently, the number stands at 81%. That's down six points from the 87% who said they believed in God just five years earlier in 2017. Gallup first asked this question in 1944, when 98% of Americans said they believed in God. On the one hand, we should be concerned about this drop. But lest we think that this majority can allow us to become lazy in terms of nurturing our kids in the Christian faith, think again. We have to ask who or what this God Americans believe in really is. Many believe in a self-defined God rather than the God who has revealed himself in the Bible. Take the time to regularly talk about and nurture your kids in the faith. Prepare them for an adulthood filled with vibrant faith and trust in God for their salvation. For more on youth culture, visit us on the web at cpyu.org. Youth workers, do your parents a favor and get them to subscribe to Youth Culture Today wherever they get their podcasts. And we're back on Youth Culture Matters. Walt, this has been a fun conversation so far about parent ministry. And I know that you mentioned when we came back from the last break a uh, freebie that people could get a library of books on parenting, but what what else do you have for our listeners that they can have? Yes, okay, so I'm gonna mention two things here. First, because I don't wanna miss this. So we have this long-standing, one-minute-long, daily on weekdays podcast called Youth Culture Today, and it is designed to be encouraging, hope-filled, educational, Christ-centered, biblically sound, uh, pointing to the gospel, just for parents. And if you, one of the things we try to get youth workers to do, because it's free, right? And it, it, again, connect the dots, get them to subscribe, get them to subscribe and uh, listen every day. And we'll do, uh, we'll do updates on trends. We'll look at some scripture passages. I look at great quotes that will spark conversation with kids. It's all meant to equip parents to uh, fulfill their God-given role as those primarily responsible for the spiritual nurture of their kids. So that's the first thing. That's a freebie, Youth Culture Today. And we'll include a link to that. You can find that on our homepage or wherever you subscribe to your podcast. You can get that. But here's a big one, okay? So uh, we do, and we've been doing this for years, a monthly parent page, our CPYU parent page. Uh, in the last few months, it's been redesigned. So when you get it, you can distribute it uh, by printing it out in paper. It's full color. Uh, or you can email it to folks. They can print it out themselves, or you can access it on your smartphone. I think I got all of that right. It's very smartphone-friendly, uh, and Chris has been working hard on this. But this is, a, this is actually a, a piece that we do that offers biblical encouragement, updates uh, folks on trends, gives them things to think about. We'll point them to some good maybe brand-new resources that are out there for parenting. It's just something that monthly— Again, a youth worker can do. I think um, normally it's uh, $60 a year, which is $5 a month. It's very inexpensive. It gives you permission to, at $5, you permission to send it out to as many people as you'd like. And we are going to have a uh, special here for new subscribers only, an offer that will expire at the end of August of 2022. That's when we're recording this. 50% 50% off the first year, and you go to visit cpyuparentpage.com, cpyuparentpage.com. We'll include a link 
uh, on the show notes and enter when you place your order, enter the coupon code ministry to parents, M I N I S T R Y two the d- number two parents P A R E N T S no spaces enter ministry to parents and fifty percent off for your first year. So and well, um, let, let me just stop you there just to make sure our listeners understand this. So normally, I mean, this is a great deal, hit 50% off, and so please take advantage of that. But for $60 a year, you get something you can put in the hand of your parents uh, just for $5 a month. And this is something, Walt, right, they can use whether they have five families in their youth group or 100 families in their youth group. Yep, or 500. Or 500 families. And I just want to add, I preached at a church recently that uh, we've been partnering with, and uh, their youth pastor is familiar with CPYU. He might be listening to this right now. And uh, they just started using the parent page, and it was fun to walk into the church and see the parent page available for their families. And I would just suggest it was fun for me to see it, even with the different work I do with CPYU, uh, to see it out in the wild, to see it uh, being used. Uh, I would just highly suggest it, especially... Um, because it takes a weight off of us as youth workers to need to do some research and to need to um, write articles. We can take them that Walt and the team has put together and get them in the hands of youth workers. So, Walt, all of that information you said is going to be in the show notes? Yep, yep, and thanks for uh, that encouragement there, Kyle. That's that's good. It's fun. I, You know, when I'm out on the road and I find, you know, I'll go to a church to speak and say, well, hey, we've been getting your parent page for years. It's so great. And then I have parents come up to me and say, well, when you wrote this or you wrote that or – even people talking about that one-minute daily radio spot, you know, I listened to the one on this or I listened to the one on that. I was even in an airport uh, once and ordering a bagel early in the morning, and a guy behind me taps me on the shoulder. He goes, I think I recognize your voice. And, and uh, are, you, are you on Youth Culture Today? And I said, yes. And then we had a great conversation. So mm. that's, it's fun, you know, to have those conversations and know that this is helpful. And this is our mission here to try to try to help you folks. So. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, so as you said before break, we're going to talk about parent meetings, thinking about uh, with a new school year upon us right now as we're recording this or whenever you might be listening to this episode, uh, thinking about how we communicate with parents about not only, as Jeff mentioned earlier in this podcast, um, information about what is going on in the student ministry, uh, but also just growing in relationship with the parents so we can better partner with them in raising their students. Uh, So I would just, um, anyone who wants to add to this, one thing that, uh, just to get this started off, um, I have found that sometimes when I host parent meetings, uh, the parents who show up are the ones who really don't need to be there, right? When we do parent meetings, the ones who come are the ones who already have a calendar with all of the youth dates on there. They've already, they're the parents that we don't need to hound to get the deposit in for camp because they already have it in two weeks ahead of time. Um, And so we made a shift here about three years ago at our church. Um, And instead of hosting parent meetings, uh, we started hosting something I call Parent Connect. Um, And what this is, is I was thinking about how uh, parent-teacher conferences in the school setting, how parents um, once or twice a year meet with the teachers um, for about a half hour, 45 minutes to talk about their children and how it's going academically and how they're doing socially in the classroom. I kind of took that and translated that into our youth ministry setting. And it's been something that has, I would say, revolutionized our youth ministry. Um, I look at this as preventative damage. Uh, so if I meet with a mom or a dad or um, hopefully a mom and dad together um, in the fall and talk about their kids, right? One thing I found the longer I'm in youth ministry is if you ask parents about their kids, uh, for most parents, their kids are the most important thing in their life. 
So usually they'll have plenty to say, um, but we like to try to get below the surface. So not just say, oh, tell me about your kid, tell me about what they're involved in, but right, say, how, how can we better pray for your kid? Um, you can tell very quickly spiritually where the parents are at and also where the kids are at. And um, it opens up a, a channel of communication where I think parents see, as Jeff mentioned early, we're, we're not just interested in giving you information about what's happening, but we actually care about your kids. And why I said earlier, it's preventative damage. Um, I have found this as a way for us to get to know what's going on in the kid's life from a different perspective. And then later on, when different issues come up, um, even we had a couple of years ago, a tragedy happened in one of our families, but I knew um, from talking to that guardian of the kid um, that things were not healthy in that setting. So I was already aware of what was happening. And so when that tragedy took place, I was able to um, help more quickly and I think more effectively because of these parent connect meetings. And I'm not sure that it would have been that way um, if we would have just had a normal parent meeting. Um, however, I don't want to say that parent meetings are not necessary. I think they can be helpful. Um, but Walt, did you have something you wanted to add to that? Yeah, I, I do. I, you know, Kyle, when you first told me that you did that, I just thought it was brilliant, you know, because rather than meeting with everyone in mass, which I still think we should do, yeah. those yeah. one-on-ones are great. And some of the things, you know, like you asked, how can I pray? Or even to say like, what, what do I need to know about your son or your daughter? What would be most helpful to me to know? And even to open lines of communication by saying something like, I want you to have the freedom to come to me anytime if you have any concerns about the ministry, about what we're doing, and even more importantly, about your son and your daughter, because we're here to support you. We want to lift you up. And, and you know, I remember my, uh, my dad, you know, he said to me, you know, when, you do, when you're talking to parents, one of the things you should say to parents, he was in ministry, one of the things you should say to parents is... Uh, what I he said what I used to tell your school teachers you know when I'd go in for the parent teacher night uh, he said I would would say to them uh, I won't believe half of what he tells me about you if you don't promise to not believe half of what he tells you about me hmm. and it just was kind of a lighthearted way to say you know let's communicate with each other and you know sometimes things get you know you know if a kid comes to you with a problem about their parents. You know, it could legitimately be a problem, but maybe the volume has been turned up so much that it's actually not accurate. It's way overblown. And I think just to be able to have those kind of conversations and, you know, promise them. And and I think to say to them as well, um, I respect your authority and I will never undermine your authority. And I I, I want you to trust me when I say if there's any concerns I have, I, I, I will come to you. I would like you know, I, I hope that you'll welcome that, um, to just have that kind of communication. So that's good. Yeah. Yeah. And I would just encourage our listeners. I know, especially if you're relatively new to youth ministry, or if you've been in youth ministry and, um, and you haven't been doing this, it, it's sometimes hard to, uh, it's sometimes hard to make a switch and to transition into, um, focusing on parents more, but it, it is a myth that parents are an obstacle to good mm -hmm. youth ministry, right? That is a myth that we must not believe. And I have just found again and again, um, this is probably the highlight or one of the highlights of my of me being a youth pastor is doing these parent connect meetings because not only does it give me a relationship with the parent, but I can do better ministry to the students because I, I know what's actually happening at home, 
or I know what their parents are saying that they're struggling with. And that's just something that um, I think I think part of the reason people leave youth ministry is because they want to go do adult ministry. And I would just sometimes say it's not always the case, but sometimes say they've been overlooking the adult ministry that they've been able to do all along, but they haven't been taking advantage of it. Um, and so let's go, let's go around here. I want to start with Jeff. Uh, Jeff, you were a youth pastor for about a decade. Um, you've obviously had your share of parent meetings. Um, just what would you suggest to our listeners um, when they think about this, especially if they haven't been doing them in the past? Well, I really appreciate what you're saying there about the heart behind your parent connect meetings. I think one of the things that I found early on is that I would do like my first parent meeting of the year. And then the rest of my contact with parents through the rest the whole rest of the school year was reactive, not proactive. Mm. Um, so trying to figure out how to be proactive with parents, build that trust uh, so that it's not in time of crisis. It's not, oh, hey, my name's Jeff. How can I help you? Um, but it's just walking along and stepping in. So I think that's where we made some of the family ministry shifts and recognizing the strengths of our team and coming together. Um, so I didn't really do parent meetings outside of the beginning of the year. And the the purpose of those at the beginning of the year was really to get parents to meet their kids' life group leaders, their small group leaders, uh, who knew their kids better than I did because they were weekend. We were very uh, small group modeled in our ministry. Uh, so I wanted that relationship to form so that probably the adults that were doing the most discipleship in this kid's lives knew who each other were rather than them all having to know who I was. Um, so I think our, our big shift ended up going into some of those strategies that I talked about earlier outside of our first meeting of the year. Yeah. Can I just say, uh, in response, I love the way you differentiate between reactive and proactive. And I'll just throw in that one of the proactive things is, you know, you may go, okay, what am I going to do this week? Just use the digital tools that are at your fingertips, you know, the ability to send emails or texts or whatever, and put get an, an article into their hands or, you know, some of the resources we've even mentioned earlier, like the radio spot, if you hear one that's really, you know, youth culture today that really hits hard, so, you know, send it to them, you know, say, hey, just listen to this today. I mean, even in our family, we have a family text loop, my wife and I with our kids and their spouses, and uh, I don't do it every day, but, you know, I'll read something in the morning and I'll fire out a morning truth. Um there's three or four of us who are in a te texting loop with Scotty Smith and Scotty every other day sends us something that's just a great encouragement. And you might not have a, you know, constant open rate on that. And, but if two or three people open it, one person opens it and they find it helpful. Uh, at least you're making the effort and you're putting the things in front of them. I love that. That's good. That's good. Jess, I was curious, you and I have had conversation um, in your setting, you're at a larger church that has even multiple campuses and and ministering to a large group of people. Um, as you think about these parent meetings, and we've talked about Parent Connects, like how have you made progress uh, to minister not only to the kids, but also to the parents? I think a lot of it has just been um, as being a youth when you are, yeah, you are used to working with the students. Sometimes I feel like, oh, if parents want to talk to me, they'll come up and talk to me on Sunday services or at Bible studies. But I think since chatting with you, Kyle, and thinking more about this is being proactive of even just going out of our comfort zone to introduce yourself to parents, to building relationships during services, during um, drop-off times, and just to take the first step of pursuing relationship. I think so often, especially for young adults, for myself, 
we feel like people should come to us if they have the questions. So I think that's been my first step of like, what does it look like to be proactive of just getting to know families when I, I see them at church and um, when they're dropping their students off? Um, I think the primary way that we see uh, parent discipleship and family ministry is if parents are to disciple their children, then they need to be disciples um, of Jesus themselves. And so I think this last year, we combined our youth and adult Bible studies together. So we are, I'm bringing our 14-year-old uh, kids along with our 99-year-old um, adults in Bible studies. Um, and so combining the youth and adult Bible study has been a really sweet way of um, having them be able to study the word with their parents, walking through the same material, and then also for me to see them and interact with both the parent and the student at the different Bible study times. So I think those are kind of been our main um, initiatives, but yeah, we're hoping to start brainstorming more ways to connect our different campuses and all the different ways together. Yeah. Thanks for that, Jess. And I, I, one thing I appreciate about you from uh, the first conversation we had is just a humility of making progress. And I think that's an encouragement to those who are listening here that we like, although all of us could say, wow, you know, there's so much more we could do in ministry, but one small step we make at connecting with parents. I know even for us here um, at our church, uh, we have a student ministry team and we got a, a lot of families we minister to. And we can't do parent connect meetings with every single family, but every one that we do is a family that we're reaching. And so, um, and just one way that we can do this in order to know who needs it is we proactively go at parents we want to meet with, but then occasionally just throughout the year, I'll send a parent email out that has a link to sign up for these parent connect meetings. And that's where we get other families. So I'm like, oh, I haven't thought about that meeting with that family, but here they are signing up, um, signing up for those. So thanks for sharing that, Jess. Uh, let's continue going around. I know we're we're running uh, low on time, but Carrie, we'll go to Carrie and then to Kevin, and then we'll, uh, we can close out however you'd like. So Carrie, what have you found helpful with parent meetings or just connecting with parents? Um, as far as meetings go, I would say, um, and going back to what we had talked about earlier, just the posture that you take as you enter that meeting, not coming from a place of, um, I'm going to tell you what I know, <laughs> or I'm going to tell you what I'd like you to do this year, or even something as simple as like, here's our schedule, right? Making sure that that's communicated, but coming from a point of um, listening to parents and really giving them that opportunity to um, share with you what their hopes are for the year and what, what their family, you know, season that they're in. Um, we're a smaller church. So we also have that opportunity where that's a little bit easier to, to connect with those families one-on-one. -on -one. Um, but then also um, outside of those meetings, um, kind of figuring out which parents are um, prefer texting, which prefer email. Like I can send out all the emails in the world, but if you're not gonna read it, um, then you know how. what's the best way to contact you or to, to reach you? Yeah, and that's so good because like you said, uh, I think sometimes, especially in the youth ministry world, we have so many things we need to do that we want to we want to check things off the list. But sending an email every Monday, recapping what was taught yesterday in Sunday school, if no parents are reading that, like it's a waste of our time. And so just again, I think taking advantage um, of the moments is one thing that I would just encourage youth workers. And I wish yeah, I wish younger Kyle would have done better, a better job at. Um, but I know young Kevin made very few mistakes uh, when it comes to parent <laughs> ministry. Ah, uh, then you didn't know young Kevin. <laughs> uh, you're right. I didn't. Uh, Kevin, talk so to us about and, and how you see this in your setting. 
Yeah. So uh, again, our context, there's a, there's a cultural barrier and a language barrier. And so the language barrier makes it really tough for us to be able to do regular parent meetings. Um, so we have a kickoff fall meeting that we do at the beginning of each year. And then sort of our other big parent meeting is going to take place after our retreats. So that's one strategy that we've used to gather parents together when their students are most excited about their spiritual life. Uh, right after a retreat, um, we run our own camps. And so we basically uh, keep the students hostage until the parents actually come to pick them up. And so we have our families come and pick up the kids from the retreat site. And so that we'll close everything with a family service. We'll have the students uh, share with the parents uh, all the things that happened at the camp, the things that they learned. Because usually uh, previous to our, our our strategy shifting, you know, you, you have students go home, parents ask, you know, what was the retreat like? Kids are, oh, it was great. And then they fall asleep for, you know, seven hours. And then that's it. The moment's kind of gone and you're you're back in school or you're whatever, and it's it's over. So I would really try to keep that as intentional as possible. Um, so that's, that's another big thing that we do. Um, the hardest thing for us, honestly, though, is there's a divide in terms of the, because um, pastors at churches are looked on as authority figures. Anytime we want to meet with parents, it's always going to be taken on with a lot of trepidation and fear, right? It's like you only get called into the principal's office either because you're the most exceptional student <laughs> in the entire school or more likely you just got in trouble for something. And so there's definitely, I think, um, that sort of uh, cultural attitudes towards the ways that we do that. And so what we've tried to do first and foremost is we always try to be as encouraging as possible in our parent meetings. Um, we try to help really um, parents to understand that we, our job is to come alongside them and we want to be as encouraging as possible. And so uh, we do whatever we can to help parents understand that uh, we think their, their students are, are, their children are amazing, that they're awesome. And we want to get to know them better. We want to get to know their families better. Uh, and again, we have, um, Parents where uh, they speak primarily Korean, and then we have parents that um, can understand a lot more English than others. Um, and so we try to have our relationship with our parents be based off of what we can do. Um, so if, if uh, uh, the, for the families that can speak English better, um, I'll have more of a relationship with them, with the families where Korean is more comfortable. We have some of our volunteers who are more fluent in Korean uh, reach out. And so we're just trying to cover our bases as much as possible when it comes to um, uh, interfacing with parents, um, again, from not not from the perspective simply of giving them information, um, as you guys have talked about, but really trying to build relationship. Uh, and it's definitely harder, I think, uh, in a the the cultural context that we have. Uh, but again, because our attitude has been primarily of how do we help parents to um, understand that we all need Jesus. Uh, that's been, I think, the key for us, and that's been a big shift for us over the last uh, five or six years. Because one of the things that I, I want to encourage anyone that's working in a immigrant church context or a cross-cultural or language barrier context, um, generally speaking, it's the first time that this generation is reaching kids cross-culturally uh, and with language barrier. Mm. So with our families and our parents, you know, their parents we're raising them in the Korean language in Korea for the most part, right? Because you didn't have a ton of Korean immigration until after uh, 1965. And so this is really that first generation of parents that are doing this cross-culturally. And so we try to talk about that as uh, something that is not a source of shame, but is a reason why we should work together. We need as much help as possible because this is the first time we're all doing this. Um, and so that's the posture that we've tried to take. And I think that's that's been the game changer for us because previous to that, 
very much my arrogance was like, you guys don't know about American culture. You don't know what's going on with your kids. I know it's better than you. And um, that that was something that I've had to really repent for. Um, mm. So that's been a game changer for us, for sure. Young Kevin was a lot like young Walt. You know, I, I <laughs> want to tell you this. About, I want everyone to, you know, play back what Kevin just said, because some of you may say be saying, well, that, that's not my church. That's not my cultural context. That's not my situation. Guaranteed, if your church is doing things in terms of outreach and evangelism and engaging with the community, it will be. And you're going to be more and more multicultural. And I know in our local church, and I was telling these folks during a break, we we have a large Congolese refugee population. We have a large Burmese refugee population. And we have other cross-cultural, um, you know, multicultural elements there as well. And I will just say with those two um, refugee populations, very unique needs and experiences that most of us do not understand at all. But we have to start. And these kids are involved in the youth group and they have parents. And it's very similar to what Kevin's saying. And so translation work even is very important. Just don't, don't hold those people out. I had a conversation with someone at our church uh, myself and another one at our church are going to teach a uh, 12-week adult class, and parents will be involved in this as well, on digital discipleship. Mm-hmm. And it's all about you know what the gospel says about social media and things that we've done here at CPYU. And they've stepped up and said, we're going to have, we're going to record this, and we're going to have it translated. We're going to have it translated to Burmese, we're going to have it translated to Congolese, and uh, because these parents are really struggling to navigate these issues. So it's a great way to... Uh, you know, to encourage them. Yes. And Walt, how, uh, as you think about what you're going to be teaching in this 12-week class, I know that you have a variety of seminars. I know that our listeners can uh, can look at the CPYU uh, website and see what these seminars are. But I was just wondering, really practically, um, there might be people listening who are saying, I'm not Walt Mueller. Uh, I'm not Thank an goodness. expert in this. Uh, yeah. Uh, again, maybe maybe we'll ask your wife Lisa if they yeah, should yeah. be happy that they're not you. Yeah. Uh, but uh, they're saying I'm not Walt Mueller. Um, I'm not an expert in this, uh, but I do know I need to be doing something. Um, especially, I know we don't. We're about to wrap up here, so we don't want to go down a rabbit hole. But especially around technology and just culture, what would you suggest to that youth worker listening, or to the parent who might be listening? knowing that they need to just educate themselves on this, what would you suggest to them? Again, it, it, this is a pretty simple answer, answer, Kyle, to a great question, and it's there's some great resources being written out there right now for this very reason, and to find those. You know, so Tony Ranke's book, 12 Ways Your Phone is Changing You, what a great resource uh, to build a class around. We're going to use that as, as the quote-unquote text loosely and hit some of those things. Um you know, there's some great conversations taking place now among Christians that you can access for free online, like on YouTube about these mm. things. I think about some of what Andy Crouch has done. Um, I mean, all the ministries I know Rooted, I know RYM and other ministries that we highly respect have put resources together for these very things as well. So again, see yourself as a dot connector. You don't have to be all things to all people, but find the resources that meet the need. And, um, you know, just, just be a hero to parents that way. I think that's a big thing. Yeah. And as we, as we are the hero to parents, I just think one thing, uh, that as I think about my own, uh, two children that God has given us, um, my parents, uh, were not perfect, but one thing they modeled well to us as boys is that they were not our hero. 
right? Jesus is the hero. Um, and one thing that I think we can just encourage parents is that um, although they are the primary disciple maker in their kids' lives, um, that God gave us the church, um, lowercase c, the local church, but also the church universal uh, intentionally to help raise their children in the ways of the Lord. Uh, so, Walt, this has been a good conversation. Yeah. Is there, um, as we just think about ending this, anything else we want to touch on? Yeah, I'll just finish up with this. You know, I'll go back to what I said in the beginning and mention these four words. And and you folks have really put a lot of meat on the bones of this. I know it's not um, exhaustive by any means. We've just started the conversation. But as youth workers, as the fall starts, as the fall begins, let's, let's uh, make it a priority to spend time with parents, to get to know parents. And in terms of our posture, let's respect parents, uh, show them respect. Uh, they're the ones who are primarily responsible. They're the authorities in their kids' lives established by God. Let's be responsible in everything. I mean, just the simple things like some of what's been mentioned here. If we say we're going to leave at a certain time and come back at a certain time, uh, let's have all our you know I's dotted and T's crossed and make that happen as best as we can. And I think we need to have strategies that are all about regularity, that this is not just once and done every year and we shove parents off to the side and forget about them. And then one of our greatest responsibilities is to reinforce and support parents that uh, there's so much they don't know. And if we don't necessarily have to teach them, but we can point them in the right direction, give them the good resources. So I, I so appreciate this. Well, uh, let me say thank you to everybody. I'll remind you, go to uh, our website, cpyu.org. Look for this particular episode, episode 156, on ministering to parents, working with partnering with parent, being with parents. Uh, go there and scroll down through the show notes. You'll find links to everything that we've talked about here and more, as well as uh, a spot where you can drop your name in for a free drawing of a parenting library that we'll do very soon. Don't wait to do that. Do it now, and we'll uh, announce who the winner is. And then, of course, the parent page, if you go to cpyuparentpage.com, and we'll include a link to that before August 31st, the end of the official end of summer, I guess, and you use in all caps, all caps, the code ministry to parents one word, M-I-N-I-S-T-R-Y, the number digit two, parents, P-A-R-E-N-T-S, ministry to parents, you'll get 50% off for the first year. So, I want to thank you, Kyle, as always, Jess, Carrie, Jeff, Kevin. Man, I wish we all lived closer. I would love to just be able to grab a meal with you guys along with Chris and the rest of the folks here. So thank you for uh, for joining us. Chris, thank you for what you always do silently beyond, behind the scenes. And uh, we'll catch everybody on the next episode of Youth Culture Matters. Thanks for joining us for Youth Culture Matters, a podcast from the Center for Parent Youth Understanding. If you'd like to learn more about today's youth culture, visit our website at cpyu.org. And if you have any questions, comments, or feedback, email us at podcast at cpyu.org.